0: Things Cooks Know is sponsored by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper mattresses come with free delivery and returns within a hundred day period. And right now you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com cooks. That's casper.com cooks. The promo code is cooks. Hi, I'm Sarah Humphries, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook and loves to eat but has lots of questions.
1: And I'm Sarah Karnasiewicz, the food editor of RealSimple.com, professional cook and
0: working mom who tries to give you all the answers. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares insider advice and secrets that the busy, hungry amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. Today on this episode, we're going to take it outdoors. So August is the time to suck up as much summer as you can, and we think a proper campfire, whether that's in the woods or on the beach or just in your backyard, is a great way to do it. Totally.
1: So, and I think one of the most fun things you can do if you have a couple kids or any young young folks around is actually cook your dinner in your campfire. And just let's... Put it out there. We're not talking about like backcountry camping here.
0: We would. I would never talk about backcountry yeah. camping. We're talking about the
1: fire pit in your backyard, or yeah, the bonfire, the, the the mini bonfire on the beach, the manageable ones that any of us with a box of matches and couple pieces of dry wood can manage to put together.
0: We were talking the other day about, I think you made you did a, a campfire, a bonfire on the beach a few weekends ago, correct? Yeah, I
1: did. I was up in Cape Cod with my husband and another couple and our kids. And we, uh, one of the last nights there, we got a permit. You have to get permits for, you know, the beaches are allowed a certain number of fires on each beach a night. And we got the last permit for one of the beaches. So we decided we were going to have a little beach fire, and, and cook our dinner. And it was it was so much fun. It was a beautiful night. Uh, it felt like a special occasion, and it required very little
0: actual work. I have fond memories of doing uh, clam boils on the beach, totally. clam bakes, where my parents and, and all of their friends would meet up and just have the kids there but ignore Did you big, us. The, is it
1: dig the big, big pit? Oh, yeah, they yeah. dig the
0: pit. They'd line it with rocks. They'd line it with seaweed. But what I do also remember is a lot of the time— this shellfish, the lobster, was basically never cooked.
1: Well, it was so also... You'd else, eat the
0: corn and the, the potatoes. Like, and it takes,
1: like, how many hours oh, to uh, do so everyone's, what? like, cross-eyed and well, yeah, so, had a few too many gin and tonics. And listen, tonics. my
0: parents and their friends always had a few okay. too many gin and tonics, <laughs> even if they weren't waiting for three hours. So you can only imagine. But now with my family, we do... We have a little... We have, like, a little spot in the backyard that we've just made into, like, a fire pit, but mm-hmm. there's no actual structure there. So I'm not sure about safety. You dug a
1: hole. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Sort of. (laughs) And it's just become this little place that we will we will have little campfires once in a while. And it's always it's so fun. So what are the basic parameters? First of all, I would recommend really going online to actually like get the get the the real instructions. It's been a while
1: since my brownie days, but I can I can give some guidelines. A
0: few guidelines would be great.
1: You know, your basic basic supplies, you want some kindling. So some small pieces of wood, some sticks, you know. You can, again, this is a good activity for the kids.
0: 100%. This is just like corn chucking.
1: Yeah. No adult should be searching for sticks. Um, just make sure, you know, that uh, they're wearing long pants and they have their bug spray on so they're not getting ticks running around in the woods trying to find the kidling. But beyond that, it's really good busy work. It's a great, like, kind of treasure Unless
0: the boys things. get hold of large sticks and then use them as swords. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah.
1: You want a lot of kindling. You can't really have too much. And then you want, once you get that as your base, you're gonna. that's going to be the first thing you're going, you want some nice big pieces of dry wood. And that's the key element there. You want your wood to be dry. If you can get it from a place where you know it's been seasoned and not left out in the rain, that's great. If you have wet wood, it's going to smoke and not really burn. You want to dig down a little bit so to create a little hollow in which to place your fire. That's going to do a couple things. It's going to make it a little bit safer and it's going to act as a wind barrier so that your flames aren't immediately going to blow out, and so. But then, on the flip side of that is, you do still when you you're arranging the wood. Once you've got a little bit of a blaze going, when you're building your fires to keep it going, you want you know they're they're all different methods of kind of like T P style or like lean to where you have one log leaning against each other at like a ninety degree angle. The whole the point of all of these different methods and if you Google it and you someone will tell you far more than I can. But that's all just to keep air circulation mm-hmm. going around it. You don't need lighter fluid or anything like that. Stay away from accelerants. Despite um, what some people
0: might want you yeah, to say.
1: Really. Yeah. Just you know. Man has been making fires for many years. You can do
0: it, too. So while the kids are collecting wood for the campfire, they should also be looking for sticks. Because a lot of this food should be prepared on a stick to make this really genuine and awesome. Obviously, the stick should be dry and pointy. Yeah, Yeah, dry is... Doesn't it need to be dry? It should be
1: dry, but not so dry that like it immediately <laughs> ignites. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about dryness in this case since you're not burning it for fuel. Okay. But yeah, it needs to be lengthy. I think that's like the main thing because you do want you wanna have like a circle of safety around your fire that you can depending on what age your kids are, you're gonna have to really hammer that home. And you want the sticks to be long enough that their eyebrows aren't getting singed or anything like
0: that. Completely. You know,
1: it's fine if the adults have to get a little bit close to the fire. But if the kids are really going to want to be doing their own things, it would be great if you can get some nice big long bows. Yeah, go-go gadget sticks. And, you know, there's kind of a sweet spot in terms of size. Like you don't want a stick that's so thin that it's like can't really hold it up can't hold its shape but it shouldn't be so thick that you like none of the food fits on it so you can buy i think a lot of these like vacation town like uh general stores sell things like that are branded as campfire sticks or s'more sticks or something like that yes it's largely unnecessary and probably a waste of money but hey maybe throw one in the in the the Cart just in case. In case
0: because, you have a stick yeah. search fail.
1: And also, I mean, I think, again, depending on the size of your fire, you know, there are things like those long metal skewers that a lot of people use to make kebabs and things yes. like that anyway. And those can also double as a rod for the fire. The only thing is, those will get hot. So right. you should also bring, like, a towel, you know, dish towels, extra things like that to hold on to
0: them. Right. So hot dogs, so obvious. And so classic. Hot dogs. But you can't go wrong with a hot dog on a stick. And in fact, you really can't because they are pretty much already cooked. Okay.
1: So we did this. That was like the main course right. a couple weeks because everybody loves hot dogs too. But there was some debate. And I actually don't have the answer to this. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about which was the better style Whether you thread the hot dog long way, so it's like running along the stick, or you thread it perpendicular to the stick, so it's kind of like side to side. I do have a
0: strong opinion on this. Okay. We've done it both ways many a time in this little hole that we've dug in our yard. And... The long way is really the only way. across No, 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 no. The one where you literally put the stick all the way through the center of the okay, hot dog. Okay, because we had like
1: part really seriously partisan We've results. had many lost
0: yet. dogs when you go poop That's and what decor. I thought. That many they, they would just a like lost flop dog. all over. And the kids get and... so upset and then you've run out of dogs and then yeah. you've got to go dig it out of the fire and then they don't want to eat it because it's got ashes on it. Yeah. If you, d- if you thread it all the way through the center of the hot dog, that's the best way. It's the trickiest way. It's hard to thread that way. But you need to get your stick. You know, that's why you need the right thickness of stick. Mm -hmm. That's my personal. I'm glad you've clarified that for me. Market tested opinion. So you've got your hot dogs. Kids can cook them. It's great. It's finger food. There's no plate necessary. Mm -hmm. They can eat them right off the stick. They can eat them in a bun, what have you. But, you know, if you're feeling like you're going to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, that's not it. It
1: doesn't have to end there. Right. If we're just talking about hot dogs, let's also remember the great tradition of wrapping hot dogs and things you oh. know like the the state fair you know all that same thing same time of year so you don't have to just stop with the hot dog now you got your hot dog on the stick why not put some bacon on it why not <laughs> you know so wrap it in some bacon or um you can make like a quick biscuit dough or you know a seasoned you can make like a cheesy biscuit dough you can add anything into that you want and just kind of pat that around hot dog and oh cook it that way and it's almost like a corn you know you could make a corn dog that way a corn do you think version. that you would
0: need like almost like a little grate though because then you wouldn't you need to like i don't know how you'd put that on well, a i think
1: that you know i mean i think that it depends on the consistency of your you want to make a dough that actually has some body and is going to hold to it or i mean uh, let's just be real here you could use crescent rolls or something oh my gosh, like that. that would be brilliant um it's like basically pigs in the blanket mm-hmm. on um over the over the fire, I mean, I could eat that every day. Every day, and and then the other thing is like don't limit yourself to hot dog. I mean sausages, sausages. There's like a whole world kind of sausages. Basically, I mean, I just said this is like the same principle applies to anything that you could cook like kebab style. So you could make kind of like a kofta kebab with like beef or lamb and middle eastern spices and pack that you know pack it on sticks put that in your cooler amazing and then you get your fires going you just take that out of the cooler you cook them right there it's like grilling them I mean, it's, it's the same thing
0: those are all great ideas and i want to get to stuff beyond sticks in a second but first we want to have a word about our sponsor
1: Things Cooks Know is sponsored by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly to the customer. That would be you. I was so excited when I heard about Casper and to learn that they're obsessively engineered and still sold at a really, really good price. They have just the right kind of sink and the right kind of bounce. And if you're worried about what goes inside your mattress, because I know there's a lot of news these days about kind of scary mattress contents, these contain latex and memory foam. And that means you sleep better and you have better days. There's a risk-free trial and return policy, so you can try it out. And you know if you have nightmares, you can always send it back. Casper mattresses are $500 for twin size mattress and $950 for a king size. That is so good. Compare that to the other prices, and there's just there's just no comparison. Things Cooks No listeners, that's you, can get another $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash cooks and using the promo code COOKS. That's
0: C-O-O-K-S. So now let's talk about packets. Yes. Packets are ultimately portable. What do you do with the packets when you've got your little campfire, and what do you put in them? Okay, so... Let's just be clear that by packets,
1: I mean, like, little tinfoil pouches. And this is, like, I think the other great category of campfire food. You can put anything you want in them. And the basic idea is, like, you're creating a safe little space for them to roast or and steam inside. This little this little packet, this little folded-up envelope. Ecosystem. And, yes, inside the fire. And you're really cooking these not over the direct flame the way that you would with a hot dog so much. These are going to be something that you're trying to mo- put more over the warm coals or in the embers of the fire. And there's no wrong way to do this. If you want to keep it really simple... Um, you can just do sliced potatoes, onions, garlic, herbs, salt and pepper, a little drizzle of olive oil. We did that when we were up at the beach this last time. And, you know, to save a little time, and because you really don't want a hard potato, because that's really, really sad when you bite into that. I just parboiled the potatoes. I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that was seriously the only prep. I mean, I, I parboiled them. I sliced them up. I toss them with some olive oil, and some garlic, some salt and pepper, a little bit of thyme from the garden, and some sliced onions, and I folded them. And I made all the packets like before we left the house, just put them in our bag like that, and when the fire was going, I just slipped them in there. But you can apply that same principle to all different combinations. You can do more of like a main thing, like if you're not going the hot dog route, you can do Little fillets of fish in there. The same. You can do the same thing in your oven, but fish with herbs and lemon juice and a little bit of olive oil, or some and some shall like diced up shallots. You can, you know, those like little cute baby eggplants that you see mm-hmm. at the market this time of year. That I ignore because I, ugh. <laughs> eggplant's not your thing. But mm-hmm. some people like it. They're so cute and they're so little. They're kind of like single serve. So you can take one of those baby eggplants and wrap the whole thing in foil. Uh, Just put that in the coals to roast it. You split it open, and say, like, before you leave the house, you make a little dressing with, like, some tahini and lemon juice, and you just put it in a jar. When you pull the eggplant out and and slice it open, it's going to be soft and creamy on the inside and charred on the outside, and you just drizzle it with that tahini dressing, and it's going to taste amazing, and it requires almost no effort.
0: I actually feel like a lot of these ideas are, are... Sounds simple, but are very elevated. And you could have like a total campfire adult party. Yeah, this is like glamping. Yeah, this is glamping without the actual sleeping over. And then if you do want to bring some sides, I mean, a lot of these packets, especially, you don't really need a side. But if you do want to bring a side to, you know, say, subsidize your hot dog, Mm -hmm. what kinds of things would you bring?
1: Well, you know, I'm a big booster of the grain salad in all of its forms because I think it does really well at room temperature and you can kind of just mix and match with whatever add-ins that you happen to have lingering in your fridge. But I love a rice salad with some, like, green beans in there, some chopped up herbs, some leftover corn, some onions. All of that stuff is really easy to do. And you can sub in farro for rice or quinoa or couscous or anything like that. You, you do a couscous salad with cucumbers and mint and sliced cherry tomatoes you know you can make a little yogurt dressing or something like that but all of those things travel really well and actually like the longer they sit the more the flavor develops and all they need in terms of dressing is like a light vinaigrette and it just brings it all together another summer salad that has been one of my go-tos for the last eight years uses zucchini in kind of a cool way use zucchini raw which I think a lot of people don't think of eating but you just slice it super 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 thin that you put in your colander and you let the water and you salt it and you let the water drain out of it and then once that the it's gotten kind of soft at that point you just toss the zucchini with corn that's been cut off the cob Mm -hmm. not cooked not yeah well it can be cooked or 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 just raw either way and, you know, a few big handfuls of arugula.
0: Best lettuce ever.
1: And you you sort of have like equal parts of all three of those components. Maybe a little bit more arugula. You make a vinaigrette with a lot of lemon juice and olive oil and heavy on the salt and pepper. And you just toss it all together. And then at the very end, you take some grated Parmesan and you toss it with the whole thing.
0: I'm going to try that next weekend. That sounds so good. And so you finished your main course, and of course, we'd be remiss without spending some minutes, yeah <laughs> some substantial sweet minutes on s'mores. There is really nothing it's mandatory you should be making for dessert at a camp- campfire cookout. But, you know, the classic, you can't go wrong with it ever. Yeah. But why not try some other things? If you're going to do s'mores a lot this summer, you might as well mix it up once in a while.
1: Yeah. Well, I think... I have some ideas, but before we get to that, if it's okay with you, I want to talk about technique again. Absolutely. Because I feel very strongly that a really great s'more demands patience. And I don't I don't truck with these people who just stick their marshmallows in the fire and they're like, "Whoosh,
0: get them a flame, yeah. blow them out." Yeah. I was at a um a party a few weeks ago and all the kids were of course doing just that. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, I heard one of the dads go, You are not allowed to fling (laughs) flaming marshmallows in the backyard because they were all, you know. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, it still tastes It's still like a charred sugar ball, but it there is like a huge difference in quality, I think, between a marshmallow that has been patiently and and gently roasted over a fire and one that's just kind of been chucked into it (laughs) until it's all blistered. So. I really think for optimal s'more best practices, you should have, you know, just don't try and do too many at once. You want to really pay attention to your one marshmallow at a time and you want to have it just over the flame, like not in it, but just over it so that, and, and so that when you're turning it kind of like a rotisserie bird, mm-hmm. that it's getting that nice, even golden brown on the outside where it's like, just crisp and crackly on the outside and molten. in. It's like slow cooking your marshmallow. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I would I would argue that um, someone's marshmallow roasting technique also says a lot about them, just yeah. like their corn eating technique. And my stepson, when he goes to find a stick, he tries to find one that almost looks like a tree, uh-huh. has multiple branches, and he will put marshmallows on each of the branches. Like so his fingers, yeah. He roasts probably 10 marshmallows at a time. Uh-huh. Most of them come out completely black. My stepdaughter will do one and do exactly that technique well, she will. she'll be there for like 45 minutes yeah I mean <laughs> but when she gets it it'll oh, it's be just perfect so good. yeah it's, if it ever happens it's really good if she ever finishes
1: so I mean we all love the classic milk chocolate and marshmallow and graham cracker combo but it's not the only way to do it and if we are glamping there are some ways to kind of jazz it up a little bit I mean really easy like you can think about subbing something like Nutella in for your chocolate bar. Brilliant. So you get that little hazelnut edge, which is kind of like a little bit more grown up. Or you can put some peanut butter on your graham crackers before you sandwich it Also, you have like chocolate peanut butter, marshmallow s'mores. You know
0: what I was thinking about, but this might be just totally disgusting, and I think it is. If you do graham cracker Reese's peanut butter cup, marshmallow.
1: I don't think that would be disgusting. You know, I that would be so good. Or... Here's the other thing I was thinking. You know those, like, little caramel squares? Oh, those, um... Like the Brocks? Like yes. Whatever, Yeah.
0: Yes. Either or like, a
1: Rolo. Or a Rolo. Either one. Like, if you squish one of those in the middle of the marshmallow Ooh. when you're roasting it, so then you get, like, kind of melted caramel in the middle of your marshmallow. That'd be amazing. Then you put a little sea salt on there. It'll be, like, salty caramel. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Oh, boy. Um, so the, that's playing with the marshmallow and the chocolate. But you can also swap out the graham crackers for other things that kind of play with the flavor that way. So um, you could put, uh, you could use a peanut butter cookie instead of graham cracker, or you could use a chocolate chip cookie Mm -hmm. instead of graham cracker, kind of like cookie sandwich, or Ritz crackers. Because again, I think this whole like salty sweet thing is kind of the thing that, drives a lot of people wild.
0: Right. This is what just blew my mind, the Ritz cracker idea.
1: Yeah. So you get that buttery, salty thing with the marshmallow. And the chocolate. And it's kind of like malomars, actually, now that it I think is, about it. It is, they've got a yeah. little salt in them. Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. That sounds so good. Thank you so much for joining us today for Things Cooks Now. We'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on iTunes. And for a million more great cooking tips and tricks, head to realsimple.com. If you have topics you'd like us to cover next time, tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at SQ Karn. We'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Richard Deitch, host of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Maggie Gray, host of The Gray Area. Hi, I'm Ted Keith, host of the SI Vault podcast. For more than 60 years, Sports Illustrated has championed its brand of quality sports journalism. Now SI has a new partnership, one that helps us tell the stories that matter to your life through today's mobile channels. So as of today, all 11 Sports Illustrated podcasts are joining the Panoply Network with more new titles on the way soon. Visit SI.com slash podcasts for more info.